0: All right, we've been talking about uh, in this series a little bit of kind of reviewing what our vision is or what our values are here at Parkway. Or really, instead of saying our, our values, it's really kind of our goals because we don't feel like we've met everything that we've kind of set out for ourselves. We don't do everything perfectly and we want to do better at all of these things. But we've been talking about these values that we have, the things that we really strive towards, the things that we use to determine what our direction is going to be um, each and every week and, uh, and throughout whatever involvement we have, and we kind of we kind of anchored ourselves on a verse uh, way back in the beginning of this series, which was three weeks ago, Second Corinthians five thirteen to fifteen. For Christ's love compels us. That's really the the primary motive is that Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should not live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And we talked in that first week about the fact that Jesus is our center, that we align our lives and ministry as a church completely with jesus teaching and example we don't look to just tradition of the church or how we've done things all the time we try to look deeply into jesus who he is what he lived for what he stands for what he said and we try to we try to use that as our um our measuring stick as to how well we are doing so um we really have jesus as a center Last week we talked about love in action, that it's not just something we believe, it's something we want to put into action. And we serve others through, uh, practicing acts of self-giving kindness, love, prayer, and encouragement. And today we're going to talk about how for the love of God we share what we have with others. It's, an, it's really kind of one practical area that we kind of, kind of come into, um, conformity with what the Bible says the church should be. And we get that primarily from Acts chapter 2 where it tells us what the early church, gives us some characteristics of what the early church, the first church was really like. And it says this, and all believers met together in one place. That means they got together like this and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, I think when we read that and we see that the, the early church, they were, more people were attracted to the church all the time. Every day people were attracted to, to become followers of Jesus because they saw the, the teachings of Jesus practiced and lived out in the lives of those people in that church. And I think that's really what we, our goal is. Our goal isn't to, to manipulate people into coming to church or to, to, converting from their religion to our religion, what we want them to do is become followers of Jesus. And we want them to follow Jesus as we follow Jesus. We want to set an example. And I think there's some keys here in the scriptures of how we live. And it is a life of sharing. It's a life of community. That word community comes up a lot. You know, we think about our town as a community, our city as a community. Um, we have, but that word has some roots. And though things like common common. We have things in common or commune. You know, the concept of living together in community is like a commune. And there's some something deep about that concept that I think we need to evaluate. We live in a culture that's very, we live independent from one another in our culture. But I think the Lord calls us to be more deeply committed to one another and to the cause that we are called for. And I think that's why we value this, and that's why we stand, put that standard high. So we're going to talk a little bit about the things, the ways that we can give, what we should give, how we are... Who we should give to, what we should uh why when we should give and why we should give. So we're gonna talk about what, who, when, and why. Can't read my own writing there. All right, so what to give? What do we give? What are the resources that we have to share? Well, first of all, I think that uh, God calls us to share our time and our giftings, our talents with people around us. In 1 Peter 4.10, Peter says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts and use them well to serve one another. If I asked you this morning, what's your gift? What talent do you have? What specific thing are you maybe good at that you have that you have to offer to other people? And I think what we have to do is we have to take those things that we are are given, those blessings, those gifts that we are given, and we have to give them back to the Lord and say, Lord, how can I use this gift, this unique talent for the, for the sake of your kingdom and for the people that I share life with in our community and our church and the people that I, I meet every day? How can I do that? Because really we want to use the gifts and the talents, the time that we have to be able to benefit others. We want to to use our time and our talents, our gifts to advance God's kingdom. We want to be partners with Jesus in advancing the kingdom of God. And we do that by sharing, by giving. And, you know, time is something that many of us uh, claim we don't have. But as someone reminded me one time, you know, we all have the same amount of time. We all have the same amount of time, and it's how we use our time and how we steward that time that enables us to give our time. And so we always encourage people as a church to get involved in sharing your time and your talents with others. And, uh, you know, I've often said that some people don't have a lot of time. You know, I, I remember when Hope and I were young parents, and we had five kids, and, and uh, you know, we, we we didn't have a lot of time. Uh, to do a lot of extra things in life. Between our commitments to our our work and our kids, we didn't have a lot of extra time. But when we did have time, we tried to put that into the kingdom and do something for the kingdom. But, you know, I think I've, I've come to see things a little bit differently, and I, I say this to people all the time here at Parkway, that if you only have time to do one thing, to volunteer or to be committed to one thing outside of your own personal life, then I encourage you to do something outside the church, not inside the church. we got lots of jobs for people to do. We've got summer camp. We've got all kinds of things that people get involved in. And we, we have a great base of volunteers, and we really appreciate them, and we appreciate everybody who gives time to the church. But, you know, I think our first priority is to the community. And if all we can do is share our uh, just, uh, just have a little bit of time, then let's get out there, and let's give our talents and our time to people so that we can really advance the kingdom of God. Not, to, not just serve each other, but to serve the world. What do we give? We give our time. We give our talent. We also give, um, sometimes, our suffering. Giving is a sacrifice, and Jesus models this for us. Jesus went to the cross for us. He suffered for us. He didn't just, you know, it, w- it wasn't always convenient, and it's not always convenient for us to give to others, uh, First Corinthians one seventeen says, "We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, Paul's suffering, you will also share in the comfort God gives us." There's something special about giving to the point where we actually feel that giving, where we actually where we actually have a sense that we've we've given something up. Oftentimes, we give out of our overabundance. We give, you know, the extra. Um, but God calls us to give. Even sometimes, to the point of suffering that's uh, because that 's what Jesus modeled for it. What do we give? Well, we give also our homes and our hospitality. This is one thing that the early church did and it 's consistent with the teaching of Scripture throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that our homes, the places where God has, that God has given us to be able to you know be able to sleep and eat and do all the things that we do is something that we need to be willing to share with other people it 's an interesting concept this concept. Of hospitality. In our culture, we've often turned hospitality into the kind that the, the concept of entertaining people. So we, you know, we have, we show hospitality by showing off to people. You know, we bring them in and we, you know, we give them the best and we give them, but that's not true hospitality the way the Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about taking what we have, and what God has given us in our homes, and opening that up to people who really need those places. You know, I think that, uh, that if we all if, I, I know this. If everybody in our country um, uh, opened up their spare bedrooms to a homeless person, we wouldn't have homelessness. Not that homelessness—the only pro- the only reason why there's homelessness is because there are enough places for people to sleep. But. It, it's more complicated than that, but my point is, is that God calls us to use our homes as as a place of refuge for those who are maybe in need, in times of need. And uh, and I know that uh, that doesn't happen every day. That's not something we're doing every day. But when the need arises, I, I think I have told you the story uh, before when we lived in a in a in a house in 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 a downtown core of the city that we were in, and the house next to us housed students and. And one night in the in the middle of the night, um, we got a knock at our door, our front door, and it was one of the students from next door and she had been locked out. She'd been out partying or whatever. She wasn't really she wasn't doing so hot. It was like, you know, two in the morning and she'd been out with her friends or whatever. But she got locked out of her house and, and you know, we we brought her in and gave her a place to sleep for the night. You know That's the kind of and I'm not trying to say that to boast, but that's the kind of opportunities that can come our way. They're odd, and they don't all happen every day, but we need to be prepared to share the things that God has given us. We also share our possessions, our property, the things. and we have a lot of this. Like in our culture, we have so much stuff. In Luke chapter 3 verse 11, it says, "If you have two shirts, how many of you have at least two shirts in your closet?" Oh, some of you only have one? Well, maybe it's because you have like 200 shirts in your closet, eh? If you're like me, right? You have a lot. And uh, there always seems to be room for one more. But it says, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. You know, when we look at all that we have, the abundance that we have, just at our fingertips, the, 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 the stuff in our closet, the stuff in our cupboards, the stuff that we, we can just put our, our, our hands on so easily, and there are people that don't have it. And when we see people like that, the Bible is very clear about how we're supposed to behave. We're supposed to share with people the blessings that we have. So what do we give? We give our property. We also give financially. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 9, it says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You know, God promises that if we are willing to to share what we have, if we're willing to give the resources that we have, and money makes our world go around, right? And so we, if we are willing to share our money, In the areas of need and the areas of responsibility in our culture, there will be enough to go around and we will have enough as well. The key here is to be, is to be people of integrity and to be people who steward our finances well. And we take, we take very careful care. You know, Paul said on the first day of the week, he said, you've you got to do this regularly. You've got to plan for this. This isn't something you just do. You know, just reach in your pocket and see what you've got left. If I had to, you know, reach in my pocket and, uh, you know, all I have, well, I do have cash on me. I carry this one little $20 bill. I think I've had this same $20 bill for six months because I don't spend cash, right? So in our, in our society, we don't necessarily have money in our pocket. But we have to plan. We have to be prepared. We have to have integrity to do that. I know lots of people that will say, you know, oh, I, I, I tithe, but they don't tithe really. They, they maybe put something in the offering or they maybe give or, you know, sometimes people don't really do what they say they do and we need to be honest about it. Paul says, Paul says here, it's not how much you give, it's about being a people of integrity. Decide how much you're going to give and do it. Make a plan. He says on the first day of the week, decide how much you're going to give and do it. Be, have integrity. Don't, don't be wishy-washy with, oh, I'll see what I have left over at the end of the month. Be people. And then trust God that he's going to take care of you because that's his promise to us. So who do we give to? Who do we give to? Well, our first responsibility is always to our family, I believe. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but those who don't, won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. That's pretty harsh words that Paul has for, uh, to share to Timothy. He says, you know, if people aren't willing to take care of their family, if they, would, if they would see their family go hungry or their family go without, this is our priority, is to our families. And uh, sometimes our families are the hardest ones to, to give to. Sometimes they're the ones, we because we know our families and we know the mistakes they've made. And we can be very judgmental of our families and say they don't deserve it because they waste the money they have or they've they they, they they've been foolish in the past or they have some bad habits and they spend their money on foolish things and they have some addictions. And it's very easy for us to be very judgmental of the people that we know and that we're close to and be stingy. But our responsibility is always to share with our family first. Who else do we give to? Well, we give to the local church. This is a clear mandate in Scripture throughout that we give to, to uh, the work of God. And in the Old Testament, they brought their gifts to the temple. In the New Testament, they brought their gifts into the church. In uh, in the book of Acts, we see them doing that, following that, that uh, tradition. Malachi 3, uh, verse 11 to 10 says, Bring your full tithe. A tithe is a tenth. That's what I use as my, as my, that's the amount that Hope and I decided we were going to give a long time ago, that we were going to give a tenth, we were going to give a tithe, because we felt that's what the Lord was asking us to do, and we have been people to do that. We followed through with that, and we continue to do that, because that's what we feel the Lord has called us to do, and that's, that's to us, it's an important thing. Bring your tithes to the temple treasury so there will be ample provision in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. God says, if you do your part, I'll sure do my part. We need, we're in a partnership with God when it comes to the stewardship of the resources that we have. And God calls us into that partnership and He promises that if you keep up your end of the bargain, He'll keep up His end of the bargain. And I can tell you personally that that has been the case. I've never, Hope and I have never gone without in all the years that we've been generous and are giving and, and, and we just find that to be a blessing. Who else do we give to? We give to strangers. Yes, we give to strangers. Foreigners. Matthew chapter 25, verse 35, 36. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Over the last uh, few years, we as a church have been involved in the sponsorship of two refugee families from Syria. And uh, and that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. It's not, uh, you, you know, you're bringing total strangers into the country and they got to learn the language. It's not easy for them and it's not always easy for us. And there's not always, uh, it, but this is a mandate of the Lord's that we should we should open up our lives, our, the blessings we have to strangers. And I think it's one of those things, you know, we hear a lot about immigration policy in our world today, but I think we need to keep in mind that God calls us to share not based on 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 uh, on on uh, whether or not people are always worthy of it, but we need to share. And so we need to keep that in mind as we're thinking about some of these public policies as well as our private policies. What would Jesus do, or how does Jesus handle the stranger? How does the Bible call us to handle the strangers who are around us, whether they be immigrant families, or whether they are, be our neighbors, or whether they be people that we don't understand, or we, don't have, have, we can't really wrap our mind around how they live and why they live the way they live, or... All these different things. These people are part of God's humanity. These people are people that Jesus died for. He loves them so much that he gave his life for them. And so we ought to do the same. We ought to love and serve them, not based on any merit that they have, but based on the fact that Jesus did it first and we follow him. When do we give? Well, I think uh, one of the things that obviously we, is the obvious thing is whenever the need presents itself. In 1 John 3, 17, it says, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? You become responsible for a person once you see that they have a need. Did you know that? You become responsible for... A per- if, you have, if you have been blessed and you have excess in your life and you see someone in need you become somewhat responsible for them. That's the whole point of the story of the Good Samaritan. Just seeing that person destitute on the side of the road makes us responsible. Because the question was to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus made it very clear when he's talking about loving your neighbor that anyone you see in need is your neighbor. We become somewhat responsible. We have a level of responsibility for every need we see. And so when we see a need, we ought to respond to it. And we ought to do our best to be able to help someone who we find in need. Um, When do we give? Well, we give systematically. I believe it's a real scriptural point. Sometimes we give on the spur of the moment because we're presented with a need, but we also give systematically. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, it says, On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. So Paul was telling it. We read that already. He's telling us that we need to do that. Back in Deuteronomy, it says, You must also give to the priests the first share of the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil. You need to give off the top, not off the bottom. So that takes Planning. It takes budgeting. It takes, it takes careful, um, uh, uh, responsible action on our part to be able to fulfill what God calls us to do in being able to give. We need to set a time. We need to have the integrity to do what we feel God has called us to do. Set that amount that you're going to give in proportion to your, your, your income, Paul says. Uh, Jesus was standing there in the temple one day and he saw a woman put in all that she had. She just had a penny. We don't have pennies, a nickel. That's all she had. She had the smallest denomination of coinage available to her. That's all she had. But she put it in, in the treasury box. And Jesus said, you know, she's a real example because she gave all she had. But the Lord promises that he will bless us in those circumstances. We need to determine what God has called us to do and do it at, on a systematic way. Thanks to modern technology we can help you with that when it comes to your giving to uh to, to the work of the Lord, to the church, because we have so many different uh methods of giving anymore. You know, you can you can give when you come, you can give uh um, from, uh, from home, you can email us, e-transfer us your offerings and, and, uh, you can use, you know, all the, all the stuff we have for you. But, you know, if you want to be systematic, if you have a hard time being systematic, then the best way to do it is to, is to set up a, 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 thing with, uh, Liz so that it's pre-authorized and we'll just take it out every week or every month or whatever. Uh, you have to talk to her about all that. I don't know all the details, but, you know, we can do that for you because being systematic about it is something, it's kind of like saving. You know, if you, if you want to save, you've got to be systematic about it. If you just, every time you had an extra, you know, $100, you put it in a savings account, well, we probably wouldn't have many much savings. Because we, but we do that systematically. We plan for the future. We plan for doing the, the, the good that God calls us to do. Why give, then? Why give? Well... I think the first reason that I, from my perspective where I sit and when I watch people struggling in life and I look at the world that we live in, I think the first reason why we should give is because it will keep us from self-destruction. It'll keep us from sin and self-destruction. You know the Bible is very clear on the fact that we have to really guard ourselves against certain temptations and certain sins in our life. That we have to really be careful because there's a there's kind of a tendency for us to kind of take the the, the easy way sometimes or the way that just is very self indulgent in our life. And we talk about that as as uh, followers of Jesus that we need to live at a high level of of. Uh, Propriety—that we need to be moral people, that we need to be good people, that we need to be people that 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 others can look up to—and we have to hold that standard. And we, in my lifetime, we've talked a lot about um, you know things that relate to sex. When it comes to that, we've always—that's always—that that was the thing that I thought when I was growing up was the most important thing in the world. Right? Is that you and. Uh, we didn't talk about some other things, and we don't talk about some other things like the, the sins that come around our finances and our possessions. We live in a world that is dominated by greed, and greed is one of the most serious sins that the Bible talks about. Not because it's greater than another sin, but it can get a hold of you. And it can drag you down, and you can become the person you don't want to be. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, So put to death the sinful things, sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. There it is. It's there. Impurity, lust, and evil desires. But what's also there is don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worship, worshiping the things of this world. You know, when the this concept of greed, but Jesus talked about the idolatry of mammon, of money. We can you know, we can actually become a slave to this. And I think the way we keep from being a slave to some of the things we have in our world, it's not just money, it's, it's products, it's, it's living a certain lives, lifestyle of being able to spend the money we have. Because we live with so much opportunity around us for all kinds of vacations and, and uh, self-indulgence of all kinds, of, in all kinds of ways. And in order for us to keep ourselves from slipping into that greedy, uh, self-indulgent, envious, deceptive, malicious kind of behavior that is all attached in our culture to to money and things, it's important that we be obedient to God in what he asks us to do because it will be it will be our salvation. Obedience to God is always a way of salvation. It's a way that we keep ourselves in a way that honors God and we, because we trust him. Why give? Well, because you won't lack anything if you give. <laughs> Matthew 9, 19, verse 29 says, And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or poverty for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. God's clear promise is that when we give, when we give our time, when we give our talent, when we, when we give, when we give our, our resources, our stuff, when we, when we share our homes, when we share our food, when we, when we do these things out of a heart of compassion and love, we don't lose out ourselves. A couple of weeks ago, we took an offering for a family that, that had a house on fire, uh, had a fire had their house burned down and they no longer could occupy their house. They lost everything. And so we took up an offering and, and that Sunday morning we, we took up over $4,000 just by mentioning it. And I would dare say that most of us who gave in that offering haven't even missed that. And I don't think we will miss it because I think the Lord promises that we will be able to live in such a way that, that he, will, he will provide for us. You see because there's there's the the promise of God is not just that he's going to bless you more with more money. This isn't a this isn't a, a a way to get rich by giving to God. There's no guarantee of that. There's a lot of followers of Christ who have given and give and give and give and they're not rich yet. That doesn't always work. And so if you hear some preacher telling you that that's that's how you're going to you know by you contributing to his his new uh Private jet that you're going to somehow get rich out of that? Don't believe it. It's a scam. Okay, <laughs> um, that's my that's my opinion anyway. So, but I do believe that God tells us that when we give, we don't we we find ourselves in a position of not lacking. I believe the Lord has ways of doing that, that don't just equal more money in the bank account. It's, as he said in the, in the scripture that we read earlier, sometimes it's because he protects the things that we do have. He, he helps to care for us, and we are able to live, you know, the, we, we stay in good health. We, you know, we, all the different things, the different ways that God can bless us that have nothing to do with money. He promises that he is faithful to do that. You won't miss out. You won't miss out. The Lord, there's an abundance in our world, and you will not be without if you give. So don't feel that, you, that there's this, this, this uh, scarcity around you. In fact, there's a blessing that God wants to pour out in your life by you being obedient and giving. Why else give? Well, I just said it. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to give. Acts chapter 20, verse 35 said, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, years ago, you know, when I went, again, when Hope and I were young and we had these five kids and, you know, expenses were high and all that kind of thing, it wasn't the easiest thing always to give. And it was, it was something we had to practice. Well, I'm talking about finances and even our time. It wasn't easy to give our time and our talents. We had lots of talents and we, you know, we mostly, I, I have, I've learned that since, mostly we gave our talents and our time to the church. Um, now we try to divide that up in the community and different things that we're involved in. We don't try to just do everything at our church. Um, But uh, back then, we gave a lot of time and a lot of our talent to the church, and, and, uh, and that was a practice. That was something we had to practice over and over and over again. And I'll tell you what, it gets easier, and it gets easier, and it gets easier. And you learn, you know, what's valuable and what's not valuable. And, you know, the thing is, I can honestly say we have never lacked we have time, we continue to be blessed with talents, and we continue to be blessed financially, not with great wealth, but with more than enough than we could ever imagine. And so the Lord is good, he's faithful, and he blesses. He says it's more blessed to give than receive, and I believe that. I believe it because I've experienced it. I, I, I get joy out of giving today to other people. I give joy in being able to, to put my offering in. And, 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 to, and to support many other different kinds of ministries and charities that you know we are able to give a little bit to. The Lord's blessed us to be able to do that, and it's not anything that's, that really costs us. And I, 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 I know I say this oftentimes when I talk about these issues, but it's the only way I can really impress upon you that the Word of God is true because it's been true in my life. And, he's, and his promises have been faithful. So, whatever God calls you to give, whether it's your time, whether it's your talent, I want you to know that as a church, we want to we want to partner with you to be giving in our community because we value Parkway values relationships. We live in community to better express Jesus' love and care to one another. So we bring we pool our resources together. We do the work together so that we can accomplish the work of the kingdom. Let me read to you that portion of scripture from Acts just in closing again. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 47. Let this be your example. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their, their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What a privilege it is to partner with you, to partner together as a church, to partner with Jesus, with the kingdom work that he's involved in, and to be able to make a difference in the community that we're in and, and in the lives of different people. To be able to, 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 to have a, a group of people that I can say to, oh, there was a house fire in our community or the, the people down the road, uh, you know, a few years ago that had, uh, you know, lost kids in, their ac- in a car accident. Just to say on a Sunday morning, can we do something? and people respond. What a privilege it is for us to be those kind of people, and that's the kind of church we want to be in, and I I just want to do more. I'm praying that the Lord would continue to lead us in different ways to be able to share in our community, to share the resources that we have, to share our building, to share our talents and our time, and God would bless us so that we could be a blessing in our community. Lord, I pray that you would Speak into our own hearts, Lord, in the very specific areas where we may struggle in these, in these things, Lord. Some of us may feel like we have no talents. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to give back, that we, 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 we just don't see it. But, Lord, we know that you know that every person has something to offer to another person, to the community, to, to, to the, the fellowship that we enjoy here, Lord. We all have something to offer, and Lord God, we all have been blessed with things and with with money and with 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 uh, prosperity at a different level for each one of us, Lord. But Lord, we can all meet, uh, see people with needs, and we can share.